Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome to the show. Everybody, we are talking exercise science once again. Um, Yesterday I mentioned we were going to talk about muscle physiology, but um, I'm going to save that till the next one because I got a lot of questions about nutrition. I wasn't even going to really delve deep into nutrition, but um, a lot of questions have come up about nutrition, and I, I had some thoughts that pertain to exercise science uh, in terms of the knowledge you get with that kind of uh, background and what you can and can't do with it. So let me just uh, jump right into this one. When it comes to nutrition, obviously that's a key component of our client's goals, whether that be athletic performance or you know, a body composition goal. And therefore, knowing how to get your client the right kind of nutrients is super important. But what we have to be careful with is knowing what we can and can't do as fitness professionals. So non-allied health professionals like personal trainers, strength coaches, CrossFit coaches, uh, group exercise instructors, you know, we are not legally allowed to prescribe diets for anybody. Now, there are some states that have different rules and regulations and different laws, but for the most part, those kind of, that kind of, uh, ability is protected, uh, by allied health professions like physical therapists or athletic trainers, definitely registered dietitians and nutritionists who can do those kind of things. Now, if you have some kind of specialty certification that, that gives you the, you know, you're certified in this type of, uh, uh, nutrition, you might be able to get by, you know, in some States, like for example, I have a sports, uh, nutrition certification that uh, I am allowed, but I'm also an athletic trainer. Uh, I don't practice as an athletic trainer anymore, but uh, you know, I had passed the board of, of uh, the BOC board of certification um, long ago. And you know, that would have given me the ability to write out nutrition programs because I was an allied health professional. Now, you have to know in what state you're, or you have to know what the rules are in the states that you're in. For example, in South Carolina, where I'm currently located, you can't, as a personal trainer, strength coach, fitness professional, although you don't need a certificate or any kind of professional uh, registration or, or licensure to be a personal trainer, if you were to give diet advice or not diet advice, uh, a nutrition plan, like, like write an actual meal plan out, you cannot call it that. You cannot say, hey, here is your diet and meal plan. This is what I want you to eat. You can give suggestions and you can give, you know, maybe the ballpark. Uh, there are workarounds is what I'm getting at. 
Now, I'm not suggesting people go out and cheat the system. I'm just saying you have to know what your state allows because some states are way more strict than others. And I don't know the rules in all the states, but I do know you got to be careful because you don't want to give people advice that they uh, that's going to could hurt them. And so this is where I think a lot of people and this may be a little controversial here, but this is where a lot of people, I think, go astray because the likelihood of something going wrong is fairly slim. But the reason writing diets, uh, writing a meal plan, which is, I should say diet, writing meal plan for somebody is protected under allied health professions is because it does require knowledge of medications and uh, certain types of uh, allergies and things like that. So the thought being, I could write a diet that's great, that would be great for fat loss or muscle gain or whatever, but it might include foods that this person's allergic to, uh, you know, or they're taking a medication and and this would be and would have a bad reaction with that. And so that's why that's why just not any old person can go out and do you know write meal plans for people. Right. So when you get to what can you do as a personal trainer? So pretty much in any state, anywhere you go, what what you should do in terms of the limits and you know the way you go about it is you need to know a few things about, you know, uh, the macronutrients and certain amounts and needs for different outcome so for example just starting off and again this whole series is about exercise science and what we can and can't do with uh nutrition uh sorry what we can and can't do uh when it were in regards to nutrition in this case but overall with exercise science uh how this information can help you be a better trainer what do you need to know well, you really do need to know not only what proteins, carbs, and fats are, uh, but also the micronutrients, you know, the certain vitamins and minerals, what's essential, what's non-essential. And you need to know these things, uh, not in depth, but you, de- you do need to know these things. And these are things that you may or may not get in a personal training book. Some do uh, have that knowledge in there, some don't. So if you're a certified trainer, you may or may not have been exposed to this kind of knowledge, but it's something you need to go look up. And again, it's not my intention here in this in this uh, podcast to give you all that direct information, just spoon feed it to you. I want you guys to go find it. But you need to know what do proteins do in the body? What do carbs do in the body? What do fats do for the body? You know, their their actual roles and jobs. I mean, we we know people say, oh, yeah, protein helps build muscle, and fat helps with certain metabolic processes, and and carbs, you know, give you the energy and well, and, and that's not wrong, but you need to know it a little bit more in depth than that because when you start talking about taking supplements, uh, like say protein, you know, you have fast absorbing protein, uh, fast digesting, fast or slow digesting, and what what why is that good? Why is that bad? When to take what? And those those things are not necessarily the end all be all, like in terms of you have to have to have to know that, but it. It does lend not only credibility to what you do, but it also helps you 
piece together the right puzzle and, and put together the right uh, plan for your clients. If you know, you know what their lifestyle is like and what their day-to-day -day routine is like, it's going to help you recommend the right supplements for them or the right, you know, food for them, uh, and that sort of thing. So, for example, if I if my client comes to me and is wanting to lose weight and, and maintain muscle, maybe not gain muscle, but maintain muscle, you know, I definitely want to have them increase their protein or, or at least keep their protein up high uh, while on a caloric deficit because I want to maintain as much as that lean tissue they have uh, without losing any muscle when we are in a caloric deficit. Um, and, and again, that seems like basic knowledge, but the reason I'm bringing it up to you is what I see a lot of on not just social media, but you know, when I was, when I was managers, you know, I've had, when I was a manager of trainers, I had a lot of trainers that would give nutrition advice to their clients. I would overhear it or I, they would submit it to me to, to look. And basically all they were doing was just writing like either a low calorie or, a, you know, a low calorie diet, but like low carb or, you know, all protein. And they, they were basically just picking pre-made diet plans and giving that to their client they they were not the ones sitting out writing out the foods like the amounts and the uh the timing of the meals they were just finding something like a weight loss plan online and giving it to them and and that's where i think it can be dangerous it can also be dangerous to assume that one diet plan is going to work for for everybody uh i've told stories before about some coaches i worked with you know 20 years ago that were telling all their athletes to get on the keto diet or not keto uh, Atkins diet. And these were high performing athletes uh, that needed a lot of carbs and they were just cutting them all out. And these, these athletes were breaking down and getting tired and injuries weren't healing and things like that. And we finally figured out what was going on. But again, he had success losing weight on this. And he thought if his athletes, you know, uh, had a good diet that they would perform better. Well, he didn't realize that, they didn't necessarily need to lose weight, and that's what that diet was for. And secondly, that as athletes, they needed the carbohydrates. And so that leads me to the, the next point is you have to know what your client's needs are, not just what they want when they say lose weight or gain muscle or whatever, but you have to know what it is that they're doing. For example, you might have a soccer player that needs to lose a little bit of weight, but also has to have the energy to get through a sports practice or for example you know someone who's just trying to lose weight but but maintain muscle right so if I have someone who's very overweight and they want to lose body fat but we want to keep the muscle they have that's gonna be different than if they just say I just need to get 50 pounds off you know I don't care about you know how strong I am I don't care about you know maintaining a certain amount of muscle mass I'll build that back up later I just want to lose the weight Again, that's for you to understand how to manipulate the, the diet to or the meal plan to, to get to that. But you have to know what you can and can't do with those clients. So you can tell them, and I'll, I'll explain more in detail here in a second, but you can tell them how many calories they should be eating. You can tell them when to eat. You could give them suggestions of what types of food are best for this. You can do all of that. But you have to stop short of saying, here is your actual meal plan to follow. Unless you have a certification or you, you do have an allied health profession, uh, you know, board of exams that you've passed, uh, 
uh, you know, and so and so that's that's the the main thing you have to think of first because you can get into legal trouble, and, and we don't want to do that. And, and more importantly, way more importantly, you could uh, adversely affect your your client, and that's not good uh, to to mess with their health. So going back to how do we do it? Well, there's a lot of different ways. You know, we look at your T D E E total daily energy expenditure, uh, and we and we look at different things and you know activity factors that go into that. The easiest way there's a there's a lot of different formulas out there. There's a lot of different you know people type in oh you get my free T D E E calculator. Basically, the Harris-Benedict formula is kind of like the baseline formula that, that most people use. And with the Harris-Benedict formula, it just it calculates your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, and then you multiply that by an activity factor. And the activity factor is just how active are you. The more active, the more calories you're allowed. And then it takes it a step further if you're trying to lose weight uh, or gain gain weight, you either subtract or add 500 calories or or 20% based on you know how big or, or small the calorie or the uh, total amount of calories are, how big the BMR is. So you know someone who's who you know has a huge or pardon me a a small BMR, you know their total calorie expenditure. Uh, even with with a high activity factor, if it only comes out to like twenty one hundred calories, but they're trying to lose weight because maybe they're they're very petite already, uh, you wouldn't want to take five hundred calories off that. Maybe twenty percent, which is going to be, uh, well, I'll be about five hundred. But <laughs> that was the wrong math. But but you see what I'm saying? You, you, it's either twenty percent or five hundred, whichever whichever fits their total uh, nutrient intake or the caloric intake the best. Uh, to either gain weight or lose weight. So, you know, you come up with that factor. So someone like me, you know, if I'm trying to gain weight, uh, if I'm just trying to put on mass, I need to put on like, I need to be eating like 3,200 calories based on my activity level and my current weight. But if I want to do that without, but if I want to lose some fat while I'm maintaining or gaining some muscle, I need to be eating around 2,700 calories to 2,800 calories. That'll give me enough to get have the energy to get through my workout, but also be in a deficit to lose body fat, uh, and/or I could stick around 3,200, and I won't gain any body fat necessarily. I may not even gain weight. That might just be what I need to maintain my weight, but still have the energy to get through the workouts that I need. And that's where we really fail when it comes to nutrition is is knowing how to adjust that activity factor daily. So obviously on days where you're sedentary or not doing much, you don't need as much food. On days where you're really highly active, you need more food. And that, that should make sense, but this is the formula that, that we use or that Chelsea and I use especially to, to get our clients a ballpark figure. And then again, if they're trying to lose, um, if, if someone's a really large individual, uh, taking 500 calories off may not be the case we might have to take uh 20% off right and that's going to make a bigger dent but still give them enough energy to get the intensity of the workout that we want and so when we talk about you know total amount of calories then you have to look at the breakdown of carbs proteins and fats 
And this is where it gets really difficult and this is where it gets really nuanced and there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Uh, but just know that depending on what kind of sport they are uh, or, or what kind of activities you're having them do, doesn't necessarily have to be a sport, they're going to need more calorie or uh, carbs than someone who's just trying to lose weight. Uh, then you factor in, well, what about, you know, diets like, or diet plans like uh, uh, keto and paleo and all of these others. And, you know, the thought there is those are just low calorie diets generally that just manipulate the macronutrients. But again, are those diets really good uh, for what that particular person is doing? I remember, and this wasn't always the case, but this was an early kind of knock on some of this. Back when paleo diet really kind of burst on the scene as far as popularity, not when it was introduced, but when it got really popular, especially amongst CrossFitters, a lot of them were eating a paleo style diet, but then they were supplementing, you know, extra protein, which honestly is, if you're going to do that, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, but at the same time, the thought is, well, supplements aren't really paleo, right? They may be paleo friendly because of the ingredients they use, but the whole idea of eating paleo was to eat similar to the hunter-gatherer style diet. Well, they, they didn't have pre-workout and and uh, and um, protein powders. So, you know, when you're doing that, you're not really eating paleo. And that, that was kind of the, the, the big, what we'll say, controversy there. Wasn't as if that wasn't a bad way to put your meals together. Just like, you know, the carnivore diet may or may not be terrible, uh, but it may not be great for whatever it is that, that your nutrition or that your fitness goals are. Ultimately, though, you need the balance of the macronutrients and the micronutrients and the different types of foods that deliver that to you, the, the, the fruits and the vegetables, you know, you can, I'm not going to get into a debate about, you know, being vegan or vegetarian versus eating meat. Uh, I eat meat. I, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I don't want to be a vegan or vegetarian. Uh, I'm not knocking that at all, and, and I respect anyone that does that for, for health reasons. Um, I have tried it, so it is something that I have some experience doing. Uh, I tried it just to just to test it out uh, so that I could give better feedback on when clients were wanting to do that and what to think. And I, I definitely think you can maintain muscle mass and you can do all that stuff on a vegan diet uh, and and perform just as well with vegan or vegetarianism that I don't think there's any real debate about that. Uh, it's just a matter of personal preference. Uh, and, and, you know, whether meat's bad for you or not, I think it's how the meat is prepared or processed and that's where the bad stuff comes in. But again, the point I'm trying to make is no matter what style food you eat or meal plan you follow or supplementation you take, it, you have to have all of those essential vitamins and the non-essentials. You have to have all of the 
you know, right amount of macronutrients because your body is going to perform optimally when it has everything it needs, obviously. And when we start to take shortcuts with supplements, we can get certain things, but they're not going to be processed in our body if we're not having enough dietary fat in our body, right? Or if we're if we're just taking protein, uh, or we have a high protein diet and no carbs, you know, and, and we get into uh, ketosis, you can still function and operate, but there's going to be certain processes in your bodies that you're going to have to take supplementation through in order to maintain that. And so I would argue, and this is just my personal opinion, that if you're going to do something like that and you have to sub highly, heavily supplement to round out to make sure you're getting all your vitamins and nutri uh, nutrients, uh, that may not be the best long-term solution because your body does need these things and if you're getting it through supplementation uh it's not the best form for your body to process consuming the foods would be in my opinion and i and i i say that based on anecdotal evidence i say that based on the nutrition advice and nutrition education i got uh using uh nsca acsm uh, guidelines looking at you know putting together a a macronutrient and micronutrient profile based on what that athlete needs and what that person needs and here's the the, the take-home point this is kind of where I'll, I'll end nutrition is just like writing the physical workout just like the sets and the reps and the and the weight everybody is different there are some people that if i tell them to do uh 80 85 percent of their max squat you know if we're doing say three or four sets they might be able to do sets of four maybe five at 85 percent and Maybe some people can do seven reps there. Some people can only do three reps there. So it's it's going to change. Not everyone's going to be different or not going to be the same. Same with nutrition. What works for you may not work for this person because of their own body's chemistry and what they have going on with, with their medications or with their sleep schedules, their lifestyle, other things, their activity. So in other words, having a, a, a meal plan like a pre-packaged meal plan that you just put out to your clients, if that's what you do, that may not be the best approach for those reasons. And it might be a good jump off or starting point. Like here's a template. This is what a good overall healthy diet would look like, barring any food allergies or medication you know, issues. And then we can go from there. And so something like that would be okay. But as long as it's prefaced that way, like, hey, here's an idea. Here's what Here's what this could look like. Let's mix and match. Let's find some things that uh, that work for you. Uh, you know, because again, you don't want to give them too much. Uh, you don't want to give. The, you don't want to write them a meal plan and just said eat this because you're probably not qualified to do that or definitely not licensed to do that in your state. And the the fact is, they could get hurt. They could get sick. 
uh, you're liable at that point. But you need to have an understanding of what all of those macronutrients and micronutrients do and then what percentages they need to take to get their goals. And again, I, I said I'm, I'm stopping short on going into all those percentages. I, I kind of mentioned if you're if you're an endurance athlete or something like you're going to need more carbs, uh, but you still need carbs if you're an explosive athlete. Just maybe not as many. You might be able to get by with that. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna vary. There's just no way I can I can give that you know blanket statement. Uh, but if you if you have questions or want to know my thoughts a, a little bit more on specifically like what would you have this person eat how many calories or what are the the percentage breakdown of macronutrients or how how do you go about assigning that in more detail i'd be happy to answer those questions so feel free to shoot me a message have a good one